0: We're going to start out today in perhaps a slightly unlikely spot, you might think. But bear with me just one moment, and I think you'll see where I'm going with this. I think there's a misconception that some people have today, and that is that we we are a body with a soul. But in reality, we are more of a soul with a body. We we are not just a body that happens to have a soul, but we are a soul that just happens to have a body. And we can see this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So God formed man. There was a body there, but there was no life. Not until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life did he become a living creature, did he become the soul inside of the body. So you might ask, why is this an important distinction? Well, think about it this way How much time do we spend taking care of our physical bodies? I mean, we feed ourselves, we, we drink, we dress ourselves, we bathe, you know, Some people put up put on makeup. So we spend all this time taking care of our spiritual or for our physical body. But if we are really a soul that just happens to have a body, how much time are we taking care, spend taking care of our spiritual body? You know, a lot of times for this, we look at kind of like those big three, right? Are you attending church? Are you reading the Bible? Um, are you praying on a regular basis? You know, we're all in a, in a fallen world, so I mean, we all struggle with this. But it seems like in recent years, that this, is, this becomes as culture becomes more and more fast-paced, this becomes more and more of a struggle. And so to start off with this morning, I'd like to look at a few things that can kind of be a killer to our spiritual passion. The first one is an unbalanced schedule. Um, I know from my personal experience, um, I got put on a special project at work about a month ago. been working a lot of long hours. You know, when I get home from work after, you know, 12 or 14-hour days, the last thing in my mind is usually, hey, let's get, jump into God's Word and spend time in prayer. So an unbalanced schedule can can eat up the time that you might set aside for the Lord. Second one would be unused talent. God has given all of us a talent and, and a purpose and a passion for things that, we sh- that, he, that He wants us to do. And if we aren't using them for Him, or if we aren't using them, you know, in our hobbies, maybe we have a hobby and we... If we use our talent in that, we could use that as a witnessing tool. Or maybe we have a talent that we need, that's needed in the church. If you aren't using your talent, you can find that your spiritual passion are dwindling. Um, unconfessed sin is obviously something that can, be a, that can diminish your spiritual passion, as, as it may cause you to not want to spend time in prayer and in reading the Bible because you, because you feel guilty. Unresolved conflict is another one. If you're in conflict with somebody, you maybe you don't want to go to church because you're afraid that you're going to get in an argument with them. So maybe it causes a, a rift in that way. And the last one is an undernourished spirit. So if you're not spending time reading your Bible and praying daily, you can find your spiritual passion dwindling. And you can end up being kind of, a, have a kind of a, a restless spirit. A spirit that's longing for something. But the only way that we can truly renew our spiritual passion is we find rest for our soul. And to do that, we need to look to the Lord for that. Let's so take a look at Psalm 62, verse 5. Psalm 62, verse 5. It says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. So only in God can, we, can our souls truly find rest. So today, for the time that we have left, I'm going to take a look at three spiritual disciplines that can help us Uh, Help us find rest in the Lord and renew our spiritual passion. The first one is to be still. To be still before God. For this we're going to look at Psalms 46 verse 10. Psalms 46 verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Notice it doesn't say, be busy and know that I am God. It doesn't say, be worried and know that I am God. It doesn't say, work in ministry and know that I am God. It says, be still and know that I am God. So we have to actively work at stilling our souls. We have to be disciplined in this. Otherwise, things will always come up and we won't be able to get the time the Lord deserves. Let's take a look at Psalms 131, verses 1 and 2. Psalms 131, verses one and two. It says, my, "My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I calm and quiet myself. I am like a wean child with this mother. I'm like, like a wean child, I am content." Notice it says, I calmed and quieted myself. Not God calmed and quieted him, not his pastor, but I. And this is a psalm of David. So David's saying that he actively quieted and calmed and stilled himself before the Lord. And it's important that we do the same thing. At least I know in my life that if I don't take time to actively do this, that something will always come up. I know whenever I go to pray, I mean, it's, it's often that, at that point when that to-do list of things that I need to do pops into my head. It's at that point that I get that important work email that just has to be answered right then. You know, if you have a pet, it might be at that exact moment the pet needs to go outside or a diaper needs to be changed. Or maybe you're starting to read some scripture on your phone. You know, God so loved the world and bling, and you have uh, someone tags you in a Facebook post and you go chase that rabbit for a while. And like, oh, 20 minutes later, I should have been reading God's word instead of doing that. We live in a world of distractions, so we have to be disciplined in order to spend time with the Lord. Maybe for you, that means actively choosing to turn off your smartphone and pick up you know, a printed Bible. Maybe for you, that means that you need to get up earlier because so you know when you get home from work, you're not going to feel like spending time in the Word. Whatever that means for you, my only recommendation, if you're not currently spending time with the Lord, is to start, but to start small. Don't try to overdo it at first. Don't set a goal of spending two hours a day with the Lord because otherwise you're you're going to get burnt out. You're going to miss your commitments and eventually you're going to give up on them. Instead, start small. Start so incredibly small that if if you don't do it, you'll be embarrassed that you couldn't carve out that time for the Lord. Maybe that means five minutes a day. And you might say, well, well, that five minutes doesn't sound like much. And you're right. But as you accomplish that goal, as you build that pattern, that habit, you can start to increase that over a period of time. And you might say five minutes still doesn't sound like much. But when you think about it, statistics show us today that the average Christian is only spending about two minutes a day in prayer. So if you're spending five minutes a day with the Lord, that's more than double of the average Christian. And so you have time to build that up to more. So you've scheduled the time, you turned off your phone, and so what do you do next? The answer to that is conversational prayer. Notice I didn't just say prayer, I said conversational prayer. A lot of Christians today think that prayer is about giving a speech to God, and when they're done, they say amen, and they kind of walk away. But we all probably know somebody, our acquaintance or a friend, that, that, that likes to talk constantly but never listen. How rewarding are those conversations that you have with them? And yet we do the exact same thing with God sometimes. We just spend all the time talking. So consider, whenever you're setting time aside for the Lord, to set aside some time to listen. Consider having a pen and paper handy. God might have something important that he wants you to to learn that day, and you might want to jot it down and remember it later. Or he might not have anything for for that day, but you may be able to spend some time just resting in the Lord's presence, getting away from your busy schedule. So the first discipline is to be still. The second discipline I like to talk about this morning is to wait. To wait upon the Lord. For this, we're going to take a look at Psalms 37, verse 7. Psalms 37, verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. Notice it says, wait patiently on Him. This is completely against kind of the mantra of our culture today, right? Our culture says, I want it, I want it now. It says, I need patience, but I need them now. Our culture today has, has, has gotten in a really big hurry with everything. We've become that fast food generation, that microwave generation, where we want it, we want it now, we want it the way we want it. But sometimes we forget that God is not a fast food God. Like sometimes we forget that God is more of a slow cooker God. He takes his time, it's gradual. We can see examples of this throughout the Bible. If you look in Genesis, you know, if you look at the story of Joseph, God gives Joseph a dream that he would one day become. Uh, A great ruler and his brothers and and even his father would bow down before him. But it took him being sold into slavery, uh, working in Potiphar's house, being thrown in jail, and raising to be the the second highest ruler in all of Egypt in order for this to happen. It was not an overnight thing. It was not an immediate thing. It was a slow, gradual progression. We can see, you know, know, even in the book of Isaiah, we can see foretelling of Jesus' coming. But it took many, many years for that to come to to pass. Even as us as Christians, we're all in a path called sanctification once you became a Christian. And it's a lifelong path. And sanctification just means becoming Christ-like. And it's a lifelong process of the Holy Spirit working in us can gradually, continually helping us to grow and become more like Christ. It's another example of a slow cooker God. Let's take a look at Psalms 130, verse 5 and 6. Psalms 130, verse 5 and 6. It says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord like the watchman waits for the morning. I think, really, to understand that scripture, I think we need to talk a little bit about this concept of the watchman. You see, back in Bible times, the, the cities were often had a wall around them to protect them and, these, and from dusk until dawn they'd have these watchmen, these, these guards stand watch on the wall. And It was a very heavy responsibility because they knew that if someone was going to attack, they'd attack at their most vulnerable point. Well, everybody in the city was asleep. And so they had this weight on their shoulders that if they fell asleep during their watch that it, literally their, their friends, their family, their acquaintances could pay the price So this was a very heavy responsibility. But they knew that that every day that they took watch, they knew that dawn would come. They knew that dawn would come and that they would be relieved, both physically relieved, but also that emotional weight would be taken off of them. The guards who stood watch knew that every day the dawn would come. But some nights were short nights, some nights were long nights, and some nights were longer than they can bear. But they waited, but they would would know that eventually the sun would come up. And they would wait with that great anticipation, that great expectation for the sun to come up. So let's reread that again with that in mind. So Psalms 130 verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in, in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning. Waiting is about that expectation, the, the, the watchman would wait with that great expectation of morning, And we must wait upon the Lord with that same expectation. Sometimes when we pray, God will show up quickly. Sometimes it will take a little bit longer. Sometimes it might take longer than we think that we can bear. But we can rest securely and surely in knowing that the sun will rise, that God will show up. Maybe not on our timetable, but on His. So, the discipline uh, for being still is to quiet ourselves before God. The discipline for waiting that I like to talk about is fasting. You know, if you've been involved in the men's Bible study, probably about a year ago, we covered a series about the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Second like time, I'm not going to read it, but just talking through it a little bit. In chapter 5, uh, uh, Jesus goes through the Beatitudes. And really, most of these are. Uh, where he took a law that the Jews already knew, like thou shalt not kill, and he took it kind of up a level, make it a little bit stronger, really took it to kind of an ethical level. So instead of thou shalt not kill, he says, I tell you the truth, you shouldn't even get angry um, at at the person, which obviously if you don't get angry, you can never get to the point to where you could kill them. So it really goes to the motives of things. And so he does this with many, many things throughout chapter 5, and by the end of chapter 5, you're kind of left saying, okay, well, how do I become this person that, that, that is really all those things? And the answer to that is found in chapter 6, where Jesus goes on, and he gives three things uh, that could help us become that, that chapter 5 person. And those three things are giving to the needy. I don't think we really have anything, any difficulty with that. Prayer, which you already covered, and being still before the, law, before the Lord. And then fasting is the third one. So the discipline of waiting is fasting. There are many types of fasting in the Bible, but really they break down into two categories. The first one is a total fast, the second one is a partial fast. An example of a total fast can be found in Matthew chapter 4. It's uh, the story of Jesus being led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted uh, by the devil. It says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't have anything to eat for those 40 days and 40 nights. And then Satan came and he tempted him at that point. I think it's interesting to note that the first thing that he's tempted with uh, is related to food. Probably a whole other sermon there. It's not going to go down that rabbit trail. But it's something interesting. The second type of fast or second category of fast is a partial fast. An example of this, um, if you were here last time I spoke, uh, was, it's a story of Daniel. and he, uh, Daniel opens up in chapter 1 with Daniel and his three friends. You probably best know him as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are taken off into a Babylonian exile. And the king orders that they eat from his table and be scolded in all things uh, to become wise men. But, they, but uh, Daniel knew that if they ate from the, from the, the king's table that it would violate, uh, violate the, the commands from the Lord. Violate the law. And so they approach the, the chief officials and, and they ask them if they could only eat vegetables and water for the next 10 days to, 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 to test them in that. And so they do that and the, and, the, and the Lord is faithful and they are able, they're actually in better condition than those that are eating from the king's table. So this type of fast is called, oftentimes called the Daniel fast. And it's, it's not completely abstaining from food, but abstaining from certain types of food and it may not be food related at all. it could be fasting from other types of things maybe fasting from TV or computers or your phone. But regardless of the type of fast that you do, fasting is about one thing it's about it's about breaking you down so that you can see your need for God. If you don't take time while you're fasting to grow closer to the Lord to 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 wait on the Lord, to pray with the Lord, to spend time with the Lord, then really you're just on a starvation diet. So it's important that you take the time while you are fasting to take time to pray, to dig into His Word, to draw closer to Him. Fasting is about telling your body no when it's hungry. It's about telling your body that God is more important than your next meal. It's about telling, um, it's about saying that that you're not the Lord but that God is the Lord. It's about praying to the Lord, Lord, as as my physical body craves food right now, let me crave your spirit. Let me crave more of you in the same way. And maybe you can't do a total fast, but consider finding a way to fast and see what God will do with your relationship with him. Maybe you can only fast one meal a day. Maybe for health reasons or for other reasons, you can't fast at all. But consider finding something else that you can fast. Maybe it's, if it's TV, maybe it's an hour of TV a day. Imagine if you did that for 21 days, and you were to spend 21 hours with the Lord. Imagine what he could do with that time if he gave it to him. The third discipline I'd like to to talk about this morning is to reflect on God's goodness. For this, we're going to look at Psalms 116, verse 7. Psalms 116, verse 7. It says, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. So, the, so as we discipline ourselves by being still before the Lord, as we discipline ourselves in waiting upon the Lord, it's often easy for us to start thinking about, as we're waiting on the Lord especially, start thinking about all the things that God hasn't done for us lately. It's easy for the devil to kind of whisper in our ear these lies that he hasn't done anything for us lately. It kind of goes back to kind of that that fast food mentality. Uh, We want it and we want it now. We want an answer and we want it now. But sometimes we forget that God is a slow cooker God. And we tend to have very short memories. So at times like these, I would encourage you to think about all that God has done for you lately. I mean, for everybody here in this room, God has died on a cross so that we could have salvation. Most, if not everybody here, has a roof over their head. Most of us, after today's sermon or service, are planning to go out and get some food. If you really take time to think about it, we have it pretty good. We have a lot that we can thank God for us. So in closing, in a world that has gotten too busy for God, In a world that's constantly taking but seldom giving back, it's important that we take time to renew our spiritual passion and to do it through learning the disciplines of being still before the Lord, to take time out of our busy schedules, to get away from our distractions, to give God the time that he deserves. It's important that we learn to to wait upon the Lord, to look for opportunities to fast and to wait on him, to tell our bodies that God is more important than the next thing. next thing that we had planned. And as we're doing those things, as we're being still and as we're waiting to reflect on God's goodness daily and not to buy into the lies of the enemy. So today as we're closing out, I'm going to have Danny come back to the keyboard. Um, I just want to kind of give us a little bit of time to to be still before the Lord this morning and to, to wait on him to see what he might have to speak with you today. Maybe in this time you can commit to the Lord to start spending some time with him or to, to wait on him to find a way to maybe to fast or just reflecting on his goodness today um, so for the next few minutes we want to open the altars or you can make an altar where you're at but I just want to give you an opportunity to be still before the Lord and see what he might have for you today um, and before we uh, close out this morning uh, Danny's going to lead us in a time of communion as well
1: So this morning um we took up uh we did communion and uh I uh before before we started doing communion I, I felt like God was just saying I want you to surrender. Um I want you to surrender all that you have. And uh and so that's we originally sang a different song during first service, but uh uh, I really thought that that was appropriate um, to sing that song because isn't that what isn't that what Jesus did for us? He surrendered everything. Um, he surrendered his life um, so that we might have life. Um, nobody else could do that. Nobody else could live that perfect life that Jesus did. Um, but nevertheless, he still died on that cross for you, for me. Whether or not we live like we should or not, um, he did, um, and we have that ability to receive him um, and to and to try to be more like him. Um I want to read from 1 Corinthians 11 um, before we take communion um as as uh, Nathan's uh coming around um he's going to bring the uh the el- the emblems to you. Um and uh what there's two cups. So on the on the bottom is a cracker and on the top is the juice. So I'm going to take both of them. But 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say do this to be saved. Um, he didn't say do this to, um, to be healed or, or do to anything like that. It's just do this in remembrance of me. For we are to remember what he did on the cross and never forget. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We should do this every time we every time we eat um, every time we 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 partake of food, um, we should remember what God did for us. but at, occasionally once a month, um, we like to all get together and do it as a body um, here at church um, and that way we can we can do it together, pray together, see God together instead of just on our own. Um, you know there's a afterwards in twenty seven and twenty-eight there is uh and twenty-nine there's a there's kind of a um a cautionary tale. Um and you know it says whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drink judgments on himself." Um, so as, as we partake of communion today, um, before we do, before we take it, I want to spend just a moment um, so that we can reflect reflect on, on God, all the good things that he's done for us. Um, ask God um, to reveal to you anything um, that may be uh, unworthy of Him, um, because the, it, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. Um, we're not worthy of it by any means, but if there is something in our life that needs to be removed, I pray that you would ask God to help you with that and remove it this time. Father, we love you, God. We just pray, Lord, that you would that you would open our hearts and our minds, Father, Lord. I pray that we would examine ourselves, Father, in. A, and, and, God, that you would reveal to us, Lord, if there be any sin in our lives, Father, Lord, any, anything that holds us back from you, God, I pray that you would reveal it to us, God. I pray, God, Lord, that we would, we would be open, God, to your forgiveness, God. And if there's unforgiveness in our hearts, Father, I pray that, God, that would be removed at this time, Father. And I pray that you, God, Father, would be that focus. You would be our desire, God, because you died on the cross for our sins, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to pray over each of these emblems, um, and then I'd like to take them. And then afterwards, um, I'll have Andrew um, just play a little worship music. I just want to sit um, and just thank God, praise him, um, talk to God, um, because these, as their emblems, um, represent something so amazing um, that if we don't, he's not getting the praise that he deserves. So, Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for your body. We thank you, Lord, for that you went to the cross, Father. Your body was broken and bruised, Father. The stripes that were on your back, Father, Lord, were meant for our healings, God. And, Father, we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Next, Lord, as we drink this juice, Father, Lord, we remember, God, the blood that you shed on, on Calvary, God, the blood that you shed on the cross, Father. Your word declares that nothing can cover sin except the blood of Jesus, Father. And we thank you for that because you lived a sinless life. You died on the cross. You bore our sins. You died on the cross, and you rose again three days later, Father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. thank you guys for coming out this morning um keep our pastors in your in your prayers today uh they're out of marriage retreat and uh hopefully having a good time and learning how to be better spouses and husbands mainly i would suppose (laughs) it's not the wife i know all right, uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. And we just pray that you would continue with us the rest of the day, God. And I pray, Father, that, that this word, God, would not return void, but, God, we would we'd be able to focus on you, God, and we would spend the, the time, God, we would make the sacrifice to spend time with you. At, take out of our busy day, Father, Lord, because we love you and because you love us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a good day.